Welcome to the Comic Blast Podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to the Comic Blast Podcast. Me and Cole, the Star Wars boys of Comic Blast, are back reviewing the entirety of Season 1 of The Bad Batch. But first, I must introduce my friend, Cole. Hey, man. Hey, man. How's it going? Dude, it's pretty good. Dude, that's fantastic. Are you ready to talk about Star Wars today? Dude, I'm always ready to talk about Star Wars today. And every day. Dude, that sounds great. I'm so excited for both of us. Dude. Same. Dude, what would happen? (laughs) (laughs) We're back to that show. Uh, We're going to break it down into five different categories, but knowing us, we will go off the rails because that's just what we do here. Um, Well, okay, first of all, just give me your first overall impressions of season one of... uh, Star Wars The Bad Batch. Well, let's see. The Bad Batch, uh, for me, was, uh, at least like for, for the first season, uh, it's a very, very enjoyable show. Um, uh, as, as we discussed before, uh, the show with the first episode starts off uh, magnificently. Um, I would say probably my favorite episode is still episode one. Um, just because it's just so jam-packed with like the the best part of the show, like you know tailoring t- tailoring it into Revenge of the Sith and stuff like that. Um, it's just it, it's just very well done overall. Uh, the show uh, I would say had had its you know mo- momentary ups and downs, um, but around the end of the first you know like at, at the end of the last episode, it was still uh, it was still something that I can say that uh, that I'm. I'm glad is in Star Wars. Um, yeah, it was pretty on brand for like the first season of a Dave Filoni Star Wars animated show. You know? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'll go into I'll, I'll go more into that, but those are my first impressions. Yeah, mine are pretty similar. Um, I think there were so for people who don't know, this was probably like my most anticipated Star Wars project because I just thought the concept was so cool. Like, oh, we're getting a full show of like the Bad Batch, I even bought like a limited edition print of all of them, um, at least as they are in Clone Wars season seven. And I do love that arc. I think that's a really like just mm. fun Clone Wars top tier arc. That's like it doesn't get super deep, but like it just brings back a lot of fan favorite characters and introduces new ones. Um, and I just I just enjoy that episode uh, or those those four episodes a lot. Um, but um, yeah, I think for me it's it's just good like it's not great um Mm -hmm. and that's again you know you go back to clone wars and rebels and think about think about their first seasons and you're like those are good not great like there's a lot of one one one-off episodes that like aren't aren't as good and the show those shows i think clone wars specifically had not found its stride yet rebels i think did but it was introducing a lot of the aspects that we grew like we're growing to love in later seasons. And I think that's what bad batch is doing as well. Um, because rebels is the one that I think 
I, I don't know. I go back and forth, but Rebels, I think very fondly of, especially those last seasons, but I do not remember much about the first season other than, like, the Grand Inquisitor and the introduction of Kanan and, and really all of the characters. Um, season two through four is what really stood out to me. And obviously, we have got confirmation that the Bad Batch will have a season two, which I wasn't really thinking we weren't going to, but it's good to have that confirmation now. Agreed. Um, I think they had a really good like 16 episode structure um it seems like the bad batch is going away from arcs uh how like clone wars were because clone wars you had so many characters to juggle um that like it would always be like arcs so i mean even season seven you think about like the first arc was the um was the bad batch arc and so that was focused on Rex and the Bad Batch and Anakin and Echo and people like that. And then you had the second arc, which was of uh, Ahsoka and the Martez sisters. And then you see like the tease of Bo-Katan and Maul. And then that led into the final arc, which was the Siege of Mandalore. Um, and then Clone Wars, Clone Wars just did that in, in general, like with uh, a ton of different arcs. Rebels didn't do that as much. There was a lot more one-off episodes. Hmm. Um, Bad Batch because it's centralizing on just just the Bad Batch. Like there's no Jedi. Like there's no like the Clone Wars was very broad. This is very contained um, on central characters. And of course we have arcs for other characters. Like literally like character arcs, not necessarily episode arcs. Um, so um, I mean, you but it's a lot of focus on Omega and Hunter and. Uh, and crosshair and a little bit of wrecker i don't feel like tech and echo got much character development at all uh mm. like i and that's one thing that's a little upsetting is that uh echo was kind of just like sidelined basically and he's a pretty fan favorite clone um and i'm hoping we get more apparently he only had one line in the very final episode which is just like really sucky um is that true yeah, he only said like one thing, and it was just like, it was just like a one or two words, and that was it. Man. Yeah. So, um, so the show is yeah not without its flaws and its ups and downs, like you said. But overall, like I'm glad I watched it, um, and I'm still very excited for season two because I think with these shows they just they get better and better with each season. Yeah. Um, and I and I mean this show is different from Clone Wars and Rebels where those shows started off pretty kid-friendly. Um, and this one does. Like, kids can watch this for sure. That's what we always say, like, even back when we reviewed Mandalorian. Like, kids can watch this, but, like, Bad Batch definitely feels the darkest out of, like, initial seasons, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. you think you think about certain key moments with Crosshair and the Empire and stuff like that, and you're like... Yeah, this show has some heavy stuff in it, and but I, but I love that. Um, that's one of my favorite things about Star Wars is it can it can really cross that tone. Um, and I mean, this is the dark times. Like that's we're transitioning from the Republic into the rise of the Empire mm -hmm. and that being established. And that's a really cool thing to see. So yeah, uh, the 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 transition from the Republic to the Empire. I think that's uh, I think that's on of, honestly one of the. Uh, one of the biggest recurring themes of the show is out with the old and with the new, um, mm -hmm. like phasing out everything that you know, uh, bringing in a bunch of new stuff that you're not used to, um, and that's the same for the batch as well. 
uh, going back to uh, what you mentioned about the emphasis on characters, uh, yeah, I remember, I, I feel like I remember saying, uh, when we were, when we reviewed the first three episodes that, like, I was like, I was like, I feel like my guy Echo isn't getting enough love, um, right. and truth to be told, uh, he, yeah, he really didn't, uh, throughout the show, I feel like at least every, uh, Every member, except for, you know, maybe Tech, uh, got, like, a, a little arc uh, mm. uh, in the show. Um, but Echo and Tech didn't really get that. Um, Echo is more excusable, because while he is my favorite, um, he has still had more screen time the entirety of the batch. Um, he was in a great deal of the Clone Wars. We know a lot about his backstory. Um, and then... We get we got a lot of character development for him uh, in the Bad Batch arc in uh, season seven of the Clone Wars. Um, right. So I feel like what they're doing is they're trying to catch up uh, with the rest of the squad, so then it can kind of even itself out. However, um, in doing that, it does feel a little jarring when you know Echo is basically just like a side guy. Um, yeah. And then with that said, though, if they're focusing on the Batch, they haven't really focused at all on Tech. Um, I remember you telling me, uh, I like after like an episode or something like that, uh, one of the later episodes, you just you told me that that tech was your least favorite, um, yeah. and I think that that is almost entirely due to the fact that he just doesn't like he just hasn't had any character development. Right. He's just yeah. he's just the tech guy. He hasn't really had any character moments save for uh, that one really cool line that he makes in the last episode uh when he's talking to crosshair saying uh i can understand you uh but it doesn't mean i agree with you uh, yeah i do like that line a lot um that was a that that was a very good uh like moment for him and it made me just want more uh from that uh i think that maybe the show given the fact that it's called the bad batch they they should focus on you know the the morale of the batch itself and not just you know it's key uh like the uh the the, the key moving characters of the story be it uh hunter omega and crosshair um yeah you know the the leader of the kid and then the bad guy quote unquote um yeah i feel like they should really focus on the team as a whole as a family yeah, because then it, it would work better um, but perhaps they're just trying to get that stuff out of the way in season one, so then we can focus on the rest in season two. That's what I'm hoping uh, would happen. Um, so, so yeah, we'll we'll see. Again, it's not it's not bad. You know, I, I actually I actually really enjoyed the show. Um, and honestly, uh, this is a thi so 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 this animation style. Uh, it's the it's the same style as the Clone Wars, and I would say. At a technological level, uh, this is the animation at its best. Um, oh it, yes, it looks yeah. it looks uh, pretty pretty darn stunning in this show, um, exceeding uh, season seven of the Clone Wars, I would say, uh, in some in some places. Um, and uh, it looks like they're pulling from from different uh, places of legends as well. Uh, Bad Batch is another is, is another venue for them to take legends uh, material out and then put it into canon again. Uh, namely, uh, I don't remember the name, uh, but that base that we see at the end of uh, Bad Batch, uh, where Nala Say uh, is escorted um, to that new Imperial facility, uh, that 
base was a uh, was a facility used, I believe, by Thrawn in Legends. Um, in, oh, in, I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. in in his trilogy, uh, it had it was it was basically a a focal area, um, and it's literally said behind the scenes that it, it has the same name. Um, so, uh, it's it's likely that's, it's it's pretty it's pretty cool. big. Um, it, it has to do with like basically like that uh that post return of the jedi series where like you know the like like palpatine's clone comes back and stuff like that that's what that yeah that's what that mountain had to do with and i feel like this is going to be uh, a tie-in to uh likely the sequel trilogy but also more likely uh whatever is going on with grogu uh because mm-hmm. that lady that talked to nalase is wearing the exact same uh jacket yep. as that guy was in the mandalorian uh that scientist yeah. so uh, we're likely going to see some more times with that. Uh, frankly, uh, I, I guess just kind of branching off to another opinion uh, that I want to see what you think. Um, yeah. I honestly am a little upset that we have transitioned from the Republic to the Empire so fast. Um, oh, yeah. Because uh, I feel like the clones are really phasing out super fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like because you know the, the the clone wars and you know the in that doing so the the dark times i still really like the clones i like them a lot more than the stormtroopers um so like they're, they're already being brushed away just so quickly um and i hope that it won't be the last that we see of the regs i guess yeah um but yeah we'll, we'll have to see because i'm curious as to the momentum of time in the show uh because you know they go away they do a mission and then suddenly the state of the galaxy has changed uh i'm yeah. curious as to how fast the show has been going are we like a year past are we a few months past i i really don't know yeah we don't know the exact timeline i think you and i were talking about that at one point like halfway or three-fourths of the show it's like i think like because like it feels like an episode will happen and then maybe like a few weeks pass or something or like a week or two pass yeah it's like okay like here's the next like major moment uh, even though sometimes they, they could just be like one-off like filler episodes and right. and I mean frankly that was a lot of complaint is that like a lot of back to back to back filler stuff um, and th- there was some that were really good like uh, like quote filler um, was the stuff on Ryloth uh, where with Hauser and Chamsundula and Hera like that was a really good like filler like that and that's the thing about bad batches that allows you to explore kind of all kinds of different areas right um i mean we we just saw so many different connections like we even they even went to go kidnap the freaking rancor that was in return to the jedi like yeah it's like you're like oh it's a little baby rancor like like bib fortuna and all that (laughs) it's like Um, oh luke slaughters this in uh, what like yeah 20 is something years yeah, and it, you're just like, oh man, I feel bad. I do a, like the Rancor Tamer guy in like Return of the Jedi when he's crying. I'm like, I empathize with that guy <laughs> that's, now. That's me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, there's some interesting like time hopping, but it does. And I knew that they in canon they transitioned and phased out the clones really quickly a lot quicker than legends because in legends i think it took like four or five years in canon it's like at year like a year and then they're all transitioned like you know it's like basically all stormtroopers and we're already seeing like 
uh, we saw the the new stormtrooper armor, which was based on that Macquarie design, which I love. Oh yeah. Um, eventually they'll get to the. Uh, I mean, eventually they'll get to. I mean, Fallen Order is only five years after, so they must not wear that armor very much. But then again, you think about the clone armor; they wore the Phase One armor for like a year. a year, and then like they wore the Phase Two armor, and now they're in this stage. Um, I mean, it's it's that, it's the military; it's a constant state of improvement, right? Um, and but then we also one thing you're talking about with that facility um we get to see a lot of clone commandos in that specific facility which i have yet to ask you what that is about because i know we we saw these commandos and specifically scorch which you and i were quite excited about um you know fighting the bad batch whenever they go to get gregor which was a pleasant surprise to see i'm glad we get to see him and we get to see his like voices change he doesn't just have like a basic like clone voice he's kind of like like squeakier i guess you know and it's like oh okay well he, he survived that explosion but then we see scorch kind of hunt them down and we're like okay the commandos are training new stormtroopers um yeah uh yeah I, yeah scorch uh it's not it's not like actually confirmed that it's scorch but it's definitely supposed to be scorch yeah. um they wouldn't just do that to us um like it's it's way too it's way too close. Uh, the, the the mountain is called uh, Mount Tantus, by the way. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, it was a it, it was some sort of uh, ins- installation, um, in Legends. Uh, let me actually let me actually just find a brief description. Um, Mount okay. Tantus was originally the site of an old Republic fort that was reactivated by Palpatine during the Clone Wars. This storehouse contained both objects and trinkets of unspeakable evil, as well as mementos from the conquest of the Empire. Um, it was, but then later on there was a Mount Tantus project. It was a secret cloning project carried out by Grand Admiral Thrawn within his reemergence to the galaxy. Yes, yeah, so it was with the Thrawn trilogy, okay. um, and. Uh, it was trying to he was trying to find new ways to regain the military strength that the empire once had so likely oh ooh this could be a way is actually uh, like reinventing the thrawn trilogy like mount tantus mm-hmm. is like palpatine's facility right but i mean maybe maybe after palpatine's fall you know cuz they're definitely planning for thrawn to come back he has influence right. in the mandalorian something's going on with that so I feel like they're gonna do something with with Thrawn that's pretty big, and Mount Tantus yeah. uh, being pushed uh, back into canon. Uh, that's that like it's it's no surprise. But anyway, uh, the commandos, uh, yeah, they they now all have uh, they're, they're they're not shinies anymore. They're they're like not like plain markings. white. Yeah, they have like uh, like this one black or like grayish stripe going down their right. armor. Um, and so now it's it feels Imperial Commando. Yes, it's that's probably exactly what it's supposed to be. Um, and yeah. then in that same vein, uh, the personalization of the Republic Commandos from before is now gone because they now all have the same scheme. Yeah. Um, kind of with with the, the way that it was encouraged with with clones uh, was that you know they, they were encouraged to personalize themselves. Which is why, uh, like, the armor was just so shiny and white. There's like no other markings. Make your own markings, or like the markings of your battalion, or anything like that. But with this one, it looks like they're all the same. Um, yeah. Like no, no room for like personal uh, improvement or like char- characterization. 
mm-hmm. my guess is that yeah, um, they're being escorted by imperial, like now now imperial commandos. They can't be called republic commandos anymore. Um, they're definitely still clones because that's clone commando armor. Um, but uh, I think that these clones. Uh, Definitely, like, the only ones that are still sticking around, I have no idea what what they did with the regs other than just retire them. But uh, the ones that stayed, uh, they're, I'm guessing they're just sticking with that Legends explanation that, like, hardened clone veterans stayed behind to train new Imperial soldiers, which is what we saw happening uh, in uh, the third to last episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that gives me hope for hopefully Cody at some point. We've gotten yeah. Rex, we've gotten Gregor, and I'm sure we're going to see Wolf at some point because they're Definitely. probably going to establish those three clones that survive going into Rebels. But man, I think everybody wants to see Cody, and I would like um, to. And so, and, and Rex has made two or three appearances um, in, in the show, um, and I imagine he will continue to pop up. Um, until, you know, he's no longer, until he goes off and does his own thing. Um, but yeah, over, like, just going back into, like, our kind of list thing, we, yeah, like, we talked a bit about the episode structure, um, and it's, it's basically a bit more linear, like, it's just 16 straight episodes, there's never, like, never feels like there's any arcs, um, it just feels more like a, like a general TV show in that way, um, but... The plot itself, I didn't feel like there was overall a grander plot. I mean, there was in terms of, again, what you said, the theme of uh, retiring the Republic and transitioning into the Empire, which happened very quickly. Um, And then the whole, like, the morality of Crosshair and him supposedly having his chip removed for a long time and being completely voluntary um, and being like, oh, like, okay maybe like he thinks he's doing what's right um and i and i love the moments in the last episodes uh last two episodes where he actually works with them despite his differences they but they even try to like kill like the empire tries to kill crosshair and he's still like yeah they're great (laughs) and you're like (laughs) what (laughs) what are you talking about man um yeah he's mm. I, i i'm really curious as to how exactly this this inhibitor chip thing now works right because right. at first we didn't at first we thought that it was just the the way that old legends was which is you know clones just kind of turned on uh like they they all knew and they just listened to the order and some of them disobeyed yeah but then with that one arc uh in the clone wars we found out that it was in inhibitor chips and that clones were forced to carry out this directive and we see this mm-hmm. uh exhibit itself uh most especially in rex um, yep. And, like, he describes that it's something that was beyond his control. However, in The Bad Batch, he says that there were some clones that were able to resist the effects of the chip. How mm. long does the chip stay in effect? What about Hauser? Yeah. Hauser exactly, clearly doesn't yeah. seem to, like, Hauser doesn't seem to be, like, down with the whole Empire thing. Um, yeah, he seems like just like a regular clone that we see in clone wars yeah but but did he was he under you know the uh the directive of a jedi if so did he kill them how did he feel about that um yeah. how like how long does the chip stay in effect was it like okay mm-hmm. so i'm gonna kill the jedi and then it just kind of turns off is that how that yeah. works i don't know crosshair clearly 
um, is following the chip's directive uh, when he uh, is tracking down Caleb. You hear him say, good soldiers follow orders. Clearly yeah. at that time, he's he is following his chip. But then later on, like he says that he removed it. When did he do this? We have we have no idea. How was he able to remove it off his own volition? Should clones be able to do that? Like yeah. I I don't I don't understand the specifics of this. So that's why I'm very interested and I think I feel like it's going to be explained because I feel like there's still room to explain this. Um I feel like it was intentionally left uh for it to be explained later on. Uh, but let's yes. let's hope so. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's like a whole thing with the, the chips being removed. Like, I think Gregor also said that he had his removed, um, at, at, in that episode as well, like before Order 66 had even happened. Uh, or no, maybe not. Maybe, like, I don't know if, mm, no, that's not true because he was told by Rex, I think. So I don't know. There's just a whole lot of, like, confusion with, like, the chips being removed. Like, it, the chips being introduced was a way to make people be like, oh, okay, like, the clones would, like, they didn't have a choice in, uh, in turning on their Jedi Masters, like, which was a big point of controversy in the original Revenge of the Sith, where it's like, oh, dang, the clones just, like, worked with them, and then this whole time they actually just were, like, pieces of garbage and were just willing to turn on their Jedi Masters, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, okay, well, here's the chips, but now it's created this whole other problem where it's like, well, now we have clones that didn't, like, didn't actually turn on their Jedi Masters, or they did, but they got them removed, and so they're okay, but then we've got crosshairs like, oh, I had it removed, and I'm still bad, and you're like, okay, well, you're basically, he's basically like a Legends clone, where, like, he, he did it because he did want to follow orders like that's what it's, he thinks is right it's 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 for duty like he he's doing it because that's what he was bred to do and so he yeah he's he's very uh he's very adherent to to his duty and his job as a soldier um yeah. and also he sees the uh he sees the regs being phased out but he believes that since he is uh you know one of the bad batchers a specialized clone he is like too valuable to be phased out like right. he's not just a regular soldier uh, I mean, clearly he's not. Um, yeah. But yeah, that that makes me really curious. Like, what if, what if there's a moment, you know, where we see Cody again, and Rex and Cody have a conversation, and Cody's like, you know, like I, I, I carried out my my order. Like I know that 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 it was a chip, but I listened to it anyway. Yeah. Um, and like he and like he is adherent to the Empire because, we see. Rex being buddy buddy with Gregor and Wolf in, in Rebels, and like those are supposed to be like his quote unquote clone friends, but you really don't see much interaction between Rex and Wolf in the main series. Uh, you really or don't. Gregor. Or Gregor, like in the main series, you don't see with Gregor at all. You know. Yeah. Um, and the one clone that Rex is always with, almost always, if he's with a clone, it's Cody. Yeah, um, especially if it's not his own battalion. Because, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Rex was Anakin's, you know, Anakin's guy, and then Cody was Obi-Wan's guy. So yeah. naturally, they were going to collaborate a lot. Yeah, they, they collaborated time and time again. Uh, they they were on the, uh, what was it, the, the the Rishi Moon or something like that? Um, yeah, with, with the with, introduction with, with of the, Domino's. Yeah, with, they, were, uh, they were basically a two-man team with that. Um, then also, uh, on Christophsis, uh, against Slick, um, when, uh, you, you remember Slick, that, mm -hmm. that turncoat clone? Traitor. Uh, 
Yeah, they, they teamed up on that. Uh, they team up on the Bad Batch. Uh, like, he introduced, like, Cody introduced Rex to the Bad Batch. So they know who Cody is, you know? Yeah. So, like, if he doesn't, if Cody doesn't show up, I, that would be dumb. He's definitely yeah. going to show up. Um, it feels like the dynamic that Hunter and Crosshair are having is what technically Rex and Cody should be having. Like, yeah, exactly. Although, uh, it's weird, though. Like, I've never, the way uh, Cody is introduced and portrayed in the Clone Wars, he never would seem like the type of guy to voluntarily, you know, carry it out. Um, and yeah. that's that's the problem with it being before, like him being in the movie before we ever actually knew about it. Mm-hmm. And so, but Crosshair, we see the seeds in season seven of him being, for lack of a better term, a dick. <laughs> like, you know, like he he gets on to Rex about leaving Echo for dead and stuff like that. And yeah. you're like, dang, Crosshair, okay. And then we get that obviously more in the Bad Batch. But um, yeah, and weren't they also in that final plan in the beginning of the Siege of Mandalore with uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin on that bridge where um, Anakin, like all of the 501st are underneath the bridge and then they jetpack and then Obi-Wan is on top of the bridge. Yeah. The yeah. Uh, 222nd, or t- sorry, uh, what, are, what is their, what Two, is theirs? 212th? 212th, sorry. Um, yeah, it, yeah, Cody, Cody was there. I think that was Cody's last scene. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah no. he he was he was leading the frontal assault and then you know like here's the thing you know cody and rex are supposed to be the clone version of of anakin and obi-wan right um and like i'm curious because obi-wan was a by the books guy you know like followed the the rules and the the the, the, the dictations of the jedi Whereas yeah. Anakin always thought outside of the box and did like unorthodox things, and when you mm-hmm. see Cody and Rex working together, that's basically the same thing. Like Rex is that out of the box thinker doing all sorts of different things, and then Cody uh, is is by by the books. But they work together right. well, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering, would were Cody uh, to be given this order, but he has a choice? Would he carry out his duty? Because I, I did, you know, we, we all love Cody, but we we do see him doing his job as he's supposed to do. Yep. Um, so I, I that would be interesting if, like, he already got his chip out, but uh, when he's talking to Rex, like, he just says, like, that was our duty as soldiers. We have to do it. Um, yeah. So that would be interesting to me. So that I guess this is, like, the, the season two speculation phase. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, like, overall, it just it shows that how clone-centric this show is, as it, sh- as it should be. The Bad Batch are, even though they are not regs, they are still uh, they are still clones nonetheless. And so, and that was such a great point about the Clone Wars was we, like, I mean, I think as kids, you and I can probably say that we 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 love the clones. Oh yeah. But we just thought they were we just thought they were badass. Like they were like, oh, you think about Fordo. And all the stuff in the original animated, and you're like, yeah, the clones were just sick, right? Like, they were cooler than stormtroopers. The stormtroopers just kind of sucked. And especially, like, <laughs> Republic Commandos and Battlefront 2, the 2005 version. Oh, yeah. Uh, where it's like, oh, yeah, like, we loved the clones because they were sick. They didn't have, like, when the 2005 game, it was Legends, it actually got into their characters quite a bit with Tamora Morrison's the uh, 501st narration. Journal. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, with but, with the Republic Commando, you know, you have the characterization of the character. Yeah. Uh, of, of and the that Commando. was like that was like the seed. I feel like that was planted to show the personaliz- personalization of clones. Yeah. Like, like we in Republic Commando, where it's like, oh, we've got Seth, who's kind of like the grizzled, like, uh, badass assassin type. And yeah, we've got you know, we've I mean, Boss was basically the Cody type, like the leader, like you know, and he wasn't like by the books like a like stuck up or anything but he was like he was the leader and then we've got fixer who is more of the uh he was he was by the books dogmatic type um didn't like, even call people by their their nicknames no or all by designation number he was the no nonsense guy however he had a knack and he, he he had a knack for hating geonosians and he loved using his viper knife so like he had like like if if he kills geonosians with it like or like if if he ends up doing like a melee attack, like he he mm-hmm. actually kind of like scoffs, so like he, yeah. he enjoys that. So like yeah. he has a little <laughs> bit of characterization, but his right. character is the by the books guy, right? And then Scorch is obviously the most wild card the, of them all, the he, fun brother. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what's so heartbreaking to see Scorch like that. Like yes, yeah. It, I'm like, man. A part of me wishes it was Fixer. Like, I wish it was Fixer because I like that would have made me happy because it's like, oh yeah, of course Fixer would be leading these stormtroopers, and it's like, man, Scorch was the least like he was the least imperial of them all. He was like he was so fun. Yeah, he was so lighthearted. He was the wisecracking one. I mean, I think that's what makes it like that. That's what makes it hurt the most, right? Because it tells us that even like the, one of the best clones that we know, such as Scorch, could yeah. could be like influenced by this inhibitor chip, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not to say that the other clones weren't affected as well. I just think that the show's creators, because actually, I know one of the audio designers of the show, he actually did most of the audio design on Republic Commando, which is why we saw a rehash of so many uh, of the like original sound effects from the, the game. visor when Cad Bane got, shows up. Got, got the visor. Uh, we also got like the uh, the the back to uh, recharge um, oh, yeah. sound, uh, and then also the the DC seventeen M. I think mm-hmm. um, uh, they 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 know that we loved the show. Um, and it's widely known that like the favorite of the group is Scorch, so I think I think it's kind of like a lesser of two evils. Like you show Scorch because everyone loves Scorch, but it also makes them sad because he's the one that's like following the rules like that. However, the way this the way that he moves is like definitely a Scorch thing to do. Yeah, because he was legit like scaling the windows, jumped on the elevator, and like, f- uh, like moved to the side and tried to take on the entire squad oh, by he himself. He was going ham. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's uh, that that seems like a scorch thing to do to just kind of run in there. Um, and maybe like even in his personality, it's ingrained that like maybe he just feels this anger because this could be at a point in time where uh, mm-hmm. where Sev was was gone. We don't we don't actually know if like Sev ended up dying yeah. or not, but it's entirely possible. Um, but if they had shown Fixer, yes, it would have made more sense. But also, people would have equally as gone like, "What? Like, why do you show Fixer? Like, we should have seen like the other guys. Like, Fixer's the worst yeah. because because like, realistically, uh, Fixer is liked the least because he's that dogmatic guy. Um, yeah. So you know. Yeah, and it was so funny that like this happened only a few weeks after you and I kind of went through like a big Republic Commando phase. Yeah, <laughs> where we we were like, oh, let's analyze these characters. Like, I came to your house and I got a Star Wars tattoo, and then 
uh, or came to your apartment at the time, and then we played Republic Commando. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so, so yeah. Um, so, I guess kind of wrapping things up. Uh, actually, no, we probably should talk about Omega. What did you think about Omega? Because we haven't talked about her, like, at all. <laughs> uh, well, Omega was the one, like, childlike character, other than maybe Grogu, but he doesn't really count. Um, yeah. Like, in terms of, like, Ahsoka and Ezra and stuff like that, that I liked really from the get-go. Um, mm-hmm. Even as a kid, I had to get used to Ahsoka. But, I mean, like, it didn't take long for me to get used to Ahsoka. It's just, like, in, like, the, the movie and the first season, she's just kind of a little annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, like, gi- like, giving everybody those those childish nicknames and then just, like, making very strange, weird decisions. Uh, but then, like, Omega from the get-go, she was, like, an entirely 100% likable child character for me. Because yeah. I just thought that she was great. Um, and, like, as the show progressed, I started to like her even more. Because even though she was the latest addition to the team, I would say she's also the heart of the team. Yep. Um, and she kind of... She she looks after everyone because they're her little brothers. Yeah. Which is, which is weird to say... Because they're all fully, they're like fully grown adults, but yeah. but she is like years past them, um, yeah. and also I love that dynamic that she is, uh, she she is like she is Omega and mm-hmm. and Boba is Alpha, uh, and they're both like the two clones that their ages are not accelerated, uh, yeah. so like they're actually living. And I mean, if we don't see uh, an interaction with her and Boba at some point in the future. I would be very surprised and quite oh, shocked. Yeah. Um, I assume Boba is still older than her, uh, like by a few years, like because he was like a teenager when we last saw him in Clone Wars. Um, yeah, and yeah, he, he's like, he's older. He is. Yeah, so he's probably what like fifteen, sixteen, and she's probably what like eleven, twelve. That's um, that's what it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. So personally, and I know they're not going to do it. But I think it would be so cool. Granted, they, they could make it they could make it work because they're doing them simultaneously. But if they had an older Omega in Book of Boba Fett somehow, like I feel like, uh, I mean, that that could happen. I don't know. Or like maybe yeah. maybe she could be mentioned because like the two characters in the show that we know that it, we're gonna see is Boba and Fennec Shan, and Fennec Shan has met mm-hmm. Omega before, right? Um, so. It's like why would they? Why would they not they, listen? Like they brought Fennec into the show. I think there's definitely going to be a connection at some point. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll see. Yeah, I'd love to see an old like I. I mean, everybody's waiting for that. It was the same thing with Ahsoka and Ezra. Like we see them as kids, and we're like, oh, we know your potential. And like Ahsoka became one of the the coolest, most badass. Uh, quote Jedi you know not necessarily a Jedi by her words but uh, force users in Star Wars like she's basically like as we did in our character ranking like a top five Star Wars canon character for sure right and then with Ezra seeing him become older like 16 17 as opposed to his like 14 year old self like he's got the like the new haircut and the new lightsaber and everything mm-hmm. it's like really very like like he can control uh animals with the force like he's very in tune with nature and everything you're like oh Ezra like like I love Ezra seeing him older I was not a fan of him when he was a kid but like that's the thing is you get to see them grow up 
Omega, I agree. She is the heart, and we see her have some really epic moments in the show. Like, I love towards the end. She even decides to save Crosshair, and she immediately, like, they're drowning in that room, and she gets up and she just shoots the bow to, like, yeah. break open the thing and, like, lifts it up. And, like, it goes so out of her way to save AZ, and then Crosshair... Uh, in return saves her and AZ as well um, which was just a beautiful moment for me and I hope they keep AZ around uh, as their droid I love him Uh, I I can't tell if AZ is like the exact same droid that helped Fives escape from Kamino I think it is Um, and like if it is they probably wiped his memory after he escaped um probably they gave him his exact designation number so i guess we could be able to figure out um but i mean man that that's kind of that's that's kind of weird because we still haven't you know look looking back to 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 echo's characterization or like kind Mm -hmm. of uh negligence of characterization in the show we need to we need to have a moment where he talks about fives um so so here's here you go um (laughs) Here's the quote on their page. I'm sorry. I always wanted to have human feelings, but I do not. Goodbye, AZ three to fives. But A Z I or A Z three four five two one one eight nine six two four six four nine eight seven two one three four seven was a medical droid <laughs> who served the Grand Army of the Public during the Clone Wars. He was known by as A Z three by the Arc Trooper fives, um, and then um, you know he helped. He helped Fives or whatever, and then sometime later he had a friendly relationship with Omega, and after the destruction of Topoka City by the Empire had escaped the carnage with her in the Bad Batch. So yes, it is the same one, and I hope they acknowledge Fives. See, that'd be a beautiful moment to acknowledge with Echo, right? Yeah. Like, because, like, oh, like, I knew this. So maybe his memory wasn't wiped, like, but still. Yeah, I... Oh, what if like he uh, he, he was kind of like R two, where where you can like have recordings and like he played a recording of of like fives talk to him or something like that. Oh, that, that oh, would that would the heartstrings would be would uh, be tugged. <laughs> but but he's now he's now going to be the, uh, the 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 droid character in the party. It looks like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I'm fine with. You know, I I, I like him. Yeah, he's he's fun. You, you know, I love droids. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, going back to when we were talking about Omega, it looks like we're kind of uh making this new era of of characters in a way mm-hmm. because like with with every era that that we're that we're exploring with animation there's always that one care that one kid character that excels somewhere else so mm-hmm. ahsoka like evolved beyond the clone wars and like she's now in she's now in the beyond in the galaxy Ezra evolved from Rebels, and he's now in the Unknown Regions, and, like, Ahsoka is now going after Ezra, right? What mm-hmm. if, like, Omega also evolves and then goes past, and, like, the three of them just converge in, like, a a, a trifecta character arc, you know? Dude, um, Ezra, Omega, and Ahsoka, all as, like, grown-ups, I feel like would just be a power team. And Like... Yeah, ex- ex- <laughs> and, like, the, the, the way that the ages are converging here, it, it would work. Yeah. Um, so she'd be the youngest. I actually know Ezra would be the youngest. Ez- Ezra because, would be the. He was. Ezra was born. I, I was was Ezra Empire born? Day. Yeah, he was born the same day as Luke and Leia, which is weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Or right, actually, he was born like two days before. I think. Okay. Like yeah. It was it it was 
or no, maybe maybe he was born the same. I don't know. They're based. He's basically the exact same age as Luke and Leia. So, um, so, and then, so Ahsoka would be the oldest. Omega would be middle, and then he would be like, she would be like in her thirties. He would be like in his maybe like his twenties. She's she's and, like she's um, like ten years older than he, ten or eleven years older than he is. I guess. Ahsoka? No, I'm talking about Omega. Oh yeah, Omega is about eleven. Uh, she she has to be like twelve though. She's like the smartest eleven year old I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, granted, she's literally has been like studying on and like just absorbing information her entire life on Camino. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm I'm still curious as to what her purpose was. Um. Other than just like a lab assistant, you know, I f- it and it seems people and this was speculation just from the first episode that she is force sensitive, like to yeah. some extent. Like, I do think maybe because she she is also part of the Bad Batch, like the you know the the chamber that they were all made in. I think was also the same chamber that uh, that Boba was made in, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. So I think it was Boba. And then it was her, and then all of the bad bash minus five. I mean, minus Echo. Yeah. So, they're but because they're both Alpha and Omega. Because um, I think they show, I think they show six containers in there. Um, That's so right. that would be so that would be four bad batch guys, and then uh, Boba and Omega. Hmm. Um, so. So yeah, I mean Omega is Boba's technical little sister, and I I wonder if they ever met. Uh, I I have to imagine they probably didn't because it seemed like Omega was kept a secret, but also she's just like walking around the clone facility. So like, well, she, I mean she she's definitely old enough to have uh, existed in Attack of the Clones. Um, yeah. So she would have been like probably like seven. Yeah. Um. I, I, I really don't know. I guess we'd have to find out, you know, with, with the yeah. rest of the show. Um, but, I mean, man, if she is Force-sensitive, imagine Omega, Ezra, Ahsoka, and then maybe even Cal Kestis getting together as a four-person team. Bro, um, that'd be great. And it's like it's like this, yeah, the, this, this new, uh, like, order is being made, but it's, like, it's far, far away. I really feel like they're, they're setting up, like, a new Thrawn trilogy. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And I feel I feel like uh, th- these are going to be like the key characters, but you know, I, you know, I'm just I'm I'm calling it now. Omega is gonna have to do like she ha- has something to do with like the upcoming like big Thrawn thing that's gonna go down. Um, yeah, I just don't know what I don't know what. Yeah, I think this will definitely be like we 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 have three main eras of Star Wars, but I think we're getting an era between the sequels and the originals because there's a 30 year period or like 27 or 30 year period. That's an era in and of itself. I mean, I guess the prequels were, were 20 years. And then the, there's a 20 year period in between, which is also the dark times era. Then we get another three or like three to five year era with the originals. And now we're getting this 30 year period. And then we get the, the one to two year period with the sequels. Now that I think about it, like the, this between the originals and the sequels is a massive era that we just haven't explored yet. 
Um, yeah. I feel like it's probably going to be called like the New Republic area era or something. Y yes, I think that's what it's actually called. They've labeled that in canon in the okay. books because a lot of the books, like the opening pages, will like have the timeline. Right. And I think now, also because there's the High Republic era, I think ever since that so they put out like an official timeline, and they're calling the Mandalorian and whatever shows like Ahsoka and all of that the New Republic era. Um, which I'm a fan of. This actually is an era that I'm very excited for. Yeah. Because I feel like it's just like this really cool, like, we're seeing after the originals, but we're getting so many characters that are still alive, like, that came from the prequels, trying to right. and lived all the way through. Um, I, well, it's a cool era. Yeah, if, if it's a 30-year 30, 30 time period, you know, that's a, that's a big era that we just haven't yeah. explored yet. Uh, I mean, like, 30 years, that means that the Clone Wars could have happened three times. I mean, ten times, mm. not three times. Um, see, <laughs> th it, it could have happened uh, ten times, uh, like, literally three years every single time. So there's a lot to there's a lot to explore there. So actually, yeah, I never thought about this, but that, that's an exciting thought. Um, and that definitely sounds like a time period that we could mess around with Thrawn. Uh like, oh yeah! Like throw, you know what? Like, give us an explanation as to why the New Republic is so grotesquely weak in the sequel trilogy. Um, like, why is there oh, yeah. why is there resistance and not and not like a, a damn military like mobilized from the New Republic? What happened yeah. to it? Well, we'll find out. Uh, this is basically the if the Clone Wars was like the little the period between. Uh, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, where we're like, man, Anakin fell really fast. What the? What was up with that? You know, it's they're like, fixing oh, it again. <laughs> they're just like, here's 30 years worth of content to explain, to like, to get rid of all of the complaintative problems that we had with the sequels, and it's not gonna fix them. You know, like they they went in without a plan. Like that's what it's. But like, I'm so sick of this whole thing of like, oh, like, I, man. And you don't know how many times in the past, like, month I have heard, oh, I heard Dave Filoni and John Favreau are, are retconning the sequel trilogy and they're making oh, a new oh, trilogy oh and God. they're going to, and they're, they're, they're overthrowing Kathleen Kennedy. And I'm like, listen, I was not a fan of the sequels that much. It's probably my least favorite trilogy, but I enjoyed some stuff on it and they're not going to back down from that. They came out with a, like, a multi-billion dollar trilogy they they're, like listen <laughs> like they they messed up but they're not gonna go like so what if we just didn't do that and like they, they just yeah. take it off of the books that's not gonna this happen is like the same thing that happened i feel like back when the prequels came out it, like, people it's, were like it's oh they're gonna redo yeah. the prequels it's, it's literally like, like poetry like george said it rhymes they messed up again and so now they're gonna have to fix it with this 30 year like you know fill in the gaps and make things seem a little bit better uh yeah. like insert an arc in the third period in the in like like with Grogu and Luke and like Grogu is like being taught how to wield a lightsaber and Luke just starts throwing lightsabers across the room because he just says that he hates them so much you know like start, <laughs> starting to explain that uh but I mean to be honest like Luke's been throwing lightsabers since Return of the Jedi so you know it's bro uh yeah he was, he was like he's like I, I don't care I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna strike down I'm not gonna strike down my dad and uh so be it, it Jedi who throws lightsabers. Yeah. Ah. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, the, the more I think about it, uh, yeah, I never really considered that we have this massive time period that we can explore. And there's tons of fun. And I mean, also the uh, the High Republic era, era 
that they're bringing up with the novels, um, and they're and that we're actually going to explore uh, with the Acolyte show, uh, which I'm excited for that. Um, oh, that's a movie. It's a movie. Yeah, the Acolyte's a movie. Oh, I thought it was a show. I mean, still mm. cool. Yeah, and Taika Waititi's working on his new movie, whatever that's gonna that's be. That's right. Uh, I'm I am hyped for that. Uh, there's also yeah, there's also remember the which I'm going to be I I and I hope she's just directing, not writing it. But the um, is it the Rogue Squadron movie that they're doing or whatever? Uh, uh, yeah, what, with um, Patty Jenkins. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, think so. What about? Yeah, I, I mean, there's also that, which I imagine will be post Return of the Jedi era. Uh, I've just after Wonder Woman '84 and the dumpster fire that that was. Uh, I think Patty Jenkins is a good director. She's just a terrible writer. Like I just don't think she's good at writing things. Yeah. And so if if they get a really good Star Wars writer but get her to direct, I'll be very happy. But I mean, we've seen the track record. Like I feel like Disney has been doing this thing, where uh, specifically Lucasfilm Disney, uh, they're they're like something hot and new has come out, and they're like, oh, let's hire them, and then. When they mess up on something, they're like, well, well actually... Well, you know, we, we, we still have time to reconsider. Like, uh, but the first thing was Colin Trevorrow for episode 9. He came up with Jurassic World, and they were like, oh, that made a ton of money. Let's get in the direct. And they were like, well, he came up with a bad movie. Never mind. And then yeah. they got J.J. Abrams back. And then they did it with Benioff and Weiss when it was like, Game of Thrones. Like, they're going to do a trilogy. Oh, crap. They did season 8 of Game of Thrones, and it was not good. Well, bye bye. <laughs> like same same thing happened with uh with, with it's it's not like exactly the same, but something similar happened with the solo movie, right? Yes. Well, that was creative differences, but they were like, let's hire, um, let's hire um, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, and then they had creative differences, and they're like, well, let's get Ron Howard instead, and even like Taika Waititi. While I, while I don't think he's going to produce a bad movie at all. Uh, I like I have utmost faith in him, but they hired him a little after Ragnarok. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, this is like coming off the heels of Ragnarok and everything. And so, uh, I mean, I, I and also I trust Jojo Rabbit. I trust him completely, but at the same oh, time, yeah. I definitely see like what's going on that they're like, yeah, oh, we're just gonna because we have the money, so we're just gonna pick like the best one that we see. But like, yeah, and they aren't really exploring the substance but i mean yes it it does say that patty jenkins is directing rogue squadron and it's slated for release uh, christmas 2023 uh yeah but i feel like that's not going to happen uh yeah especially because this was before wonder woman 84 came out and of course they probably hired her because oh she did a great job with the original wonder woman and she did she directed that she didn't write it though and so the original wonder right. woman is a, is a good movie they're like well let's you know let's get her um, like, let's get a female director to do, um, you know, a Rogue Squadron movie. And she expressed, like, she grew up on, like, airfields and stuff. And so she loves, like, that whole... And I feel, she feels very passionate about it. So I don't want them to get rid of her as a director, because I like her. But they need to get someone who's going to do some good good writing um, as well. Um, so, uh, and even... Um, there was that example. And then I feel like there was another example recently... Um, I'm not sure, but I think the the thing, um, I mean, Mandalorian has probably been their best waters to test. Um, the acolyte is going to be a TV series, by the way. 
Really? Yeah, it's. I heard it was. I heard it was a movie. It it is it is going to be a show. Um. Oh. Okay. Let's see. And maybe. Um. Yes, yeah, it's. I do. I'm still. I mean, we talked about this way back when. Um, well, oh yes, that's right. We were. I remember now the the series. Yeah, my bad. Leslie Headland. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm very excited for for that one because she uh, she's like been a long time Star Wars fan and she has explicitly stated that like she was a really big fan of Knights of the Old Republic. Mm -hmm. um, so I like I'm, I'm pretty excited for that. And then obviously I'm excited even... for Kenobi. Oh yeah, I mean that's Deborah Chow too, and that's yeah. gonna be that's dude that's that's the next thing over the horizon i i will say though right now i'm and maybe it's because i've just been in such a huge underworld phase lately or something like that like that's what i've been all about and that's just something that like when star wars i love the criminal underworld like it's just one of my favorite things ever book of boba fett that's oh, yeah. only in that's like less than four months away is that Christmas? so yeah <laughs> like dude and i'm in and people have been telling me like i i went to um to visit somebody last weekend they're like ah oh, like i'm not a big boba fett guy or whatever and i'm like neither have i been there was only at one point that i was like oh yeah boba fett's my favorite character just because i thought he looked cool but he never was actually my favorite character that's you know how you go through character phases <laughs> yeah and um and i remember he's like yeah like i'm just not a big boba fett guy and i was like i wasn't either like i like i don't think he was that well developed of a character but after the mandalorian i'm like like I love Tamora Morrison, and I also love Jango Fett. Like I think Jan I like Jango better than Boba. But now seeing him, especially when he came back in the Mandalorian, I'm like, I want to see more of his character. Like now knowing that he is alive and he is the badass that he is meant out to be, mm -hmm. I want to see more. Yes. Uh, so I, you probably never knew this, uh, but when I was a, like, obviously, like we we've shared childhood stories of Star Wars before, but when I was a kid, Boba was my guy. Um, yeah. I, I, because here's the thing. When, when I was a kid, my brother always got to choose what he liked first and yeah. then, and then I got to choose what I liked second. And so right. when it came to the two Mandalorians that we knew, he chose shiny Django and, yeah. uh, because we, we were, we, we had two figures and we were allowed to choose. They were the galactic heroes. Um, oh, yeah. and he was like, okay, well, uh, I have I, like we, we, we both choose a Mandalorian I get to choose first he took Django and so I was left with Boba and I was like you know what I like Boba more Boba's my guy and yeah. uh, I like I always played it as Boba in the Lego Star Wars games he was always on yeah. my team like going in every level like I I love Boba Fett and when like like you've seen my Star Wars identities exhibition Boba Fett poster it's mm -hmm. it's above uh, above me right now, um, and when I saw him in the Mandalorian season two like I was it was so good actually seeing him uh, kicking ass because oh, yeah. then it really explains like yeah he was basically like he had just woken up that day on Return of the Jedi so like he was just having yeah. a bad day <laughs> um, yeah because it was always this thing like they made it be like oh yeah he is this like menacing bounty hunter and i'm like show me show me that he's a menacing bounty hunter because show, in the movies don't i tell. don't see that <laughs> yeah and so and they finally they were like all right we'll show Fine. him and he just was like <laughs> just going john wick on some dudes like yeah dude 
the most Boba Fett moment is when he shoots the rocket and it hits the ship and the other ship crashes into the other one and they both blow up. I was like, all right, Boba Fett. All right. What's <laughs> the funniest thing about that though is that he didn't he didn't plan for that to happen. He was like yeah. he was like I was aiming for the other one. Like yeah. <laughs> he yeah. he meant to only hit one of them, but his trackers are shit because his armor is like it's it's kind of busted. Um, yeah. So he needs to fix it, but it ended up working out perfectly. And so he just kind of like turns his head slowly as like there's this there's this badass explosion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's 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 awesome, and yeah. uh, like he has some really great, even comedic moments in season two. Like when he tells Denny, he's like, "Let's just say they might recognize my face." Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, ah, oh, I need I need more more Boba content, um, and I want yeah, them to release I've... more canonical Boba Fett books. Um, yes, that'd be sick. Because uh, I don't know if you ever read them, but there were like those really cool Boba Fett books that were coming out. Uh, like after Revenge of the Sith uh, mm -hmm. released in theaters, there were like these cool young adult novels for Boba Fett during the Clone Wars, um, mm -hmm. and they were a lot of fun to read. Uh, like he like went toe to toe with the Saj Ventress, which I'm actually now that I think about it, they you know they they kind of brought that to fruition in the Clone Wars. Um, yeah. But then he like he even fought against Anakin Skywalker and General and General Grievous. Like he was he really met like all these key characters. Um, yeah, I want to see like him with Cad Bane again like uh I don't I can't see them completing that arc with Cad Bane anymore like that that but was unfinished But we do unfinished. see um, in the show the the headpiece uh like the like he had been shot in the head like that yeah. had already happened Yeah uh yeah so it, it like ba basically like it I'm sure that it happened at this point um yeah, 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 yeah. We're, we're ta yeah, you're talking about Cad Bane that like, yeah, he he had that cybernetic implant. So like, mm -hmm. yeah, it did already happen. So that kind of is like a pseudo way of telling us yes, it did occur. Um, yeah, I love that. Yeah, that that was that was so good, and I want to see more content of him with Bosk because Bosk was like, like say say what you will, but I mean, Bosk was kind of like his uh, surrogate uh, bounty hunter father from time to time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um especially like in the uh, in the Coruscant prison and then uh he actually saved Boba from from death in a way uh like he he uh, he suggested to give uh Boba his shot against Cad Bane and like they they gave mm -hmm. him a gun cuz like he has respect for him um right so yeah let's see more of book of Boba Fett and we know that Cad Bane's not dead yet so maybe he's still but i mean probably at that point Cad Bane probably be pretty old I don't know Fett. how long Duros's live. That's a that's a good question that I'm going to look up right now. Uh, um, yeah, we're not even talking about bad vets anymore. But. Yeah, I know. Uh, so while I'm looking this up, uh, what is your rating of the show, uh, and mm. uh, what's one thing you hope to see in the second season? Hmm. And you can your rating can be whatever you want, but I was probably asking like out of ten. I would say overall the show is like a solid seven. Um, okay. I I'm not I, I didn't I didn't like love it. Um, but there were some episodes that I did love, you know, like the first episode yeah. and then basically the the last few episodes. Um, the finale episode could have could could have been better. Uh, I feel like. It just it didn't hit as hard as the second to last episode. I've, they probably should have just done it back to back instead of waiting a year for uh, them to you know escape 
Um, like yeah. that felt like like the climactic ending, but it basically the entire episode was just them trying to get out. It didn't feel like there there weren't a lot of punches being made. Um, but yes, it was still it was definitely a better first season than any of the other shows, uh, like animated shows. I mean, um, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll give it I'll give it a good seven. Um, and I am uh, in, in the next season. I am hoping to see more character development of the batch as a whole. Uh, like, don't leave anyone out. You know, it's the bad batch. It's not Hunter, Hunter Omega, and friends. Um, yeah. And uh, also, I'd like to see... Uh, I, I mean, this is wishful thinking, but I would like to see Boba um, because, mm -hmm. you know, we are... We're talking about clones here. And why not bring in the clone, you know? Why not? Why not bring in Alpha or you know, like Cody yeah. or something like that? I just want to see more, yeah. more, uh, more fruition with with clones, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I second everything you said in terms of giving it a seven out of ten. Um, but my personal, um, my personal wish for season two, um, yeah, Boba is definitely up there for me. Um, I think I. I actually, I just had something on the top of my, like the top of my head, and now I can't remember what I wanted. <laughs> um, you want dirge, <laughs> dude? Yep, I, I want dirge. <laughs> Give me dirge. Uh, we we well, love dirge. He was, he was, he was canonized, right? Yes, he is canon now. What? Uh, he he is <laughs> he is in uh, he's in Doctor Afra, I think, and then he's in War of the Bounty Hunters, so he exists. Oh my God, uh, I love dirge. Yeah, he's. I, I'm. I'm so glad that he's in canon because I mean, he's just one of the coolest legends, right. bounty hunters. Uh, My man is an absolute tank. Literally cannot die. <laughs> yeah, he's he's crazy. Uh, uh, for for uh, the, the the people that you know don't know, uh, I, I'm playing a Star Wars D and D, um, and it's it's a uh, it's Star Wars FFG uh, that plays with both Force and Destiny, Edge of the Empire, and Age of Rebellion. Uh, and Dirge has a stat block, um, and he is ridiculously hard to kill. Uh, he has a chance to just regain uh, his entire health bar every single turn. Uh, so, yeah, you just have to do what Anakin did in Legends and just jettison him in, into the sun, <laughs> which is very, like, overkill. <laughs> he did that? Yeah. Um, and I think, I think that's... I think that's how he almost died in Legends. He was—I don't actually think he died from that. Uh, but you'll don't quote me on that. But yeah, dude. Oh man. Yeah, him and I may start playing a, uh, a solo campaign. We may even start doing one for the the podcast as a whole if we can schedule it properly. But mm -hmm. uh, if God, if he made me, if Cole, if you ever make me fight Dirge, I'm simply dying on the spot. <laughs> well. Uh, Game game slash dungeon masters are encouraged to make uh, encounters that makes you realize, oh, I'm not supposed to win. I should get out of here. So maybe yeah. <laughs> maybe you'll maybe you'll you'll see him. Who knows? It depends on what you do. Yeah, it it really has yeah. to be narrative re relevance. Yeah, I want to see, but I want to see the bad batch like have to fight dirge uh, accumulatively, like just oh, and then like yeah. just getting them like. I mean, like wreckers, like fist fighting him, and then like even like if you bring Crosshair back, like it, or something like that, like even if he's not on their side again. But I mean, right now he's just stranded on Camino. So <laughs> yeah, like, dude, 
Dude's got no communications. Like, like all of all of his gear is gone except for his his laminate armor. Basically, he has no yeah. ship. He's just on a landing pad, which is the only structure still standing in Camino. Like, <laughs> I feel like the batch. Yeah, they're, they're like, well, we're just gonna leave you here. And Crosshair's like, fine! Someone will... The Empire will come get me, right? And then, like, it, nothing. Um, Season 2, they just... It just starts with Crosshair's skeleton on the landing pad. And they're like... <laughs> well, it, that's over. He's, well, it's like... what What is he supposed to do? I mean, I don't know where his communication devices are. And, I mean, Rampart was literally like, blow him up. And so... The, he's he's not expecting anything. I don't yeah. I don't know. How is he supposed to get out of that? When I think about it, like how is he supposed to get out? He'll find a way, or he won't. I guess every ev knows? every other episode, it just cuts to like crosshair fishing and Camino. <laughs> like <laughs> like he, he uses <laughs> his little grappling hook on his rifle to just like pew, and just <laughs> reels it back in. <laughs> Another. <laughs> N another massive fish today and like that that yeah. that monster that you see is just like <laughs> just shows up <laughs> basically uh, season two is just cast away crosshair that's, that's... <laughs> wilson <laughs> i'm sorry wilson <laughs> well that's gonna do it for this episode thank you guys for listening to our bad batch discussion ramble and everything star wars because this is what we do i told you we would ramble um, let us know tweet us um, at comic blast underscore or uh, at uh, the cosmic lotus or at the straights or not the straights they're eight just at straights they're eight <laughs> the straights <laughs> <laughs> uh, and tell us your thoughts um, feel free to leave a review on apple podcast that'll really help us out um, and give a rating um, and share it with your friends share it on spotify share it on apple do all that stuff um, it's been a while since Cole and I have done some just Star Wars exclusive content with him and I, so it feels nice. Um, feel free to go check out our Suicide, or The Suicide Squad review, uh, with me, uh, Cole, and Jess. That was a fun time. Very fun episode. And, uh, keep an eye out for episodes in the near future. Uh, again, we apologize for our irregular schedule. Uh, there's just been a lot of moving pieces and it's been quite difficult so we're having to do all kinds of different stuff like this but um you can follow us on patreon.com slash comic blast as well um and or comic blast podcast I, I think it's just comic blast um and if you want to support us over there we have a whole list of uh patrons which i will shout out right now first and foremost we have Jess as our sponsor and also as a co-host. We have uh, Sam. We have Raymond. We have Jake, Jacob, Diego, Caleb, Joseph, and Rick. Thank you all for supporting us, um, and we really appreciate it. Uh, it helps us. It help keeps us accountable and motivated because um, we enjoy doing this. But with our busy schedules, it it can get difficult, and we probably would we would probably just quit altogether if we uh, if we didn't have some sort of uh, accountability so so seriously thank you guys um and yeah keep an eye out for more star wars content more dc marvel just entertainment content in general we've got some plans in the near future an episode that i think is going to be really really good of all involving the suicide squad um 
yeah. Have I left anything else out, Cole? Um, I do not believe so. I believe I believe we've covered everything. So, with that said, may the force be with you. Always. <laughs>